My grandmother and my grandfather had a farm in Wicklow, and they much preferred dogs to children, and I was left with them while my parents were in India. I was brought up with 16 dogs. These dogs arrived by being pushed under the gate and handed in, and she could never refuse a dog, my grandmother. So I got so used to dogs, and I understood dogs more than people. And I felt terribly sorry for dogs that were lost or unwanted, and I identified with them. I remember the night my grandfather died. The dogs howled all night. I don't know how they knew, but they did. It was very sad, and that was the end of that era. And I was sent off to boarding school. I spent most of the time at school working on a little calendar I had in my pencil box, and I used to colour the days in, waiting for the end of term so I could get back to my dogs. It was the only thing I thought about. Anyway, after about, ooh, I don't know how many years, when I left school, I um, went for an audition to the Abbey School of Acting. Lennox Robinson was running it at that time, and I got taken in, and I was very thrilled with that. And um, after about a year... I got my first part in the Abbey, um, Peggy Scally and Professor Tim. And uh, some time later, I went to England, and I joined the Film Artists Association and became an extra, and um, did bits and pieces in various films. But it was always my ambition to run a dog shelter. I just didn't have the money. About 20 years ago, I met Hector Freeman at a party, and... Um, I was a bit pushed for small talk, and I said to him, Do you like dogs? And he said, Oh, yes, I do. So I thought, Well, I'll tell him about my troubles. So I said, Well, I'm in digs, and I've got two dogs, and I'm liable to be thrown out. I, I don't quite know what to do. So um, he said, Well, I think I said uh, you could come along and, and have a room in my house, didn't I? And bring one or two with you. So I thought this was a marvellous idea. So we moved in, me and the dogs, and uh, after a while, other dogs arrived, and uh, one or two cats, and uh, finally he said, well, there are too many dogs here, we'll have to get a place in the country, I think. And that's how we came to get Duke's Farm. Yes, yes, we had to get more space for all this lot that kept accumulating. Besides, it wasn't doing the house in London any good. And there were other tenants, of course, who uh, might not have taken too kindly to all these dogs rushing up and down. We really wanted to get back to Ireland, but I think we left it too late. We had so many dogs in England that we, we couldn't abandon them. We did manage to place quite a few of them, but it all became very complicated, didn't it? Oh, a very difficult and expensive thing to drag them all those hundreds of miles, you see. You couldn't do it in one trip, you had to have several trips. Yeah, of course, fortunately, the petrol was cheaper then, but it did cost us about £350 in the end. I, I, I've chalked it up. The different pairs and the tickets for what dogs we had and uh, the petrol across and all that sort of thing. Yes, well, we did place all the dogs that we could possibly place, and we kept our favourite 21, which we brought with us. Yes. By the time we got uh, really prepared to make the move, the properties had definitely become very scarce, especially in Winklow. I, I combed the whole of Winklow and uh, couldn't find anywhere suitable or without buildings and had to come into Carlo. And uh, then at last, of course, when I found this place with quite a few outbuildings, I uh, decided there and then to take it as being the most suitable place. 
not realising perhaps at the time that it was 60 miles from Dublin and uh, rather too far from built-up areas, you know, for placing dogs in homes. Or for getting any film work. Oh, of course, we're far too far away to get any film work at the studios. We were very lucky in England. We got a lot of work for the dogs, um, dog food commercials and other films. And yes. it helped enormously with the food bills. Oh, yes, yes. There was, what was that, Battle of Britain was one, wasn't it? Yes. Another one was called Spy with a Cold Nose. That was at Shepperton Studios. Yes. and Oliver. Oliver, that was a small one, as far as we were concerned. Yes. But at uh, Shepperton, we had about 60 dogs, didn't we? Yes. Do you remember? Well, that was all night work. Yes. They said they chose us because they were the only 60 free-range dogs that would run together without fighting that they could get in England. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they were a grand sight, all running together. Greyhound in front and your little Popeye at the rear. The business of, of moving across from Essex to Carlo was not a simple operation at all because we needed some wire at each end and we had to bring all the furniture, of course. And then we couldn't move, bring the dogs over until we'd built some wire enclosures to put them in. So that was one of the first things I had to get. I got a local man to build some fairly good-sized wire enclosures with six-foot chain link. And actually, we only we had two enclosures to start with. That seemed to be enough. <clears throat> one which led into the back of the barn, where it was concrete floor, and the other one leading into a very good stone house, which had been a stable. So that, uh, then we were ready to bring the dogs over then. We used to buy meat from a man in Tullow, but then he retired and we got the farmers to bring meat. We put ads in the local papers and they brought their dead animals to us. Um, when we're not using meat, or when we can't get any meat, we use flake maize, but that keeps going up in price and it's £4.45, I think, for a half hundredweight now. Yes. It was about three or less at one time. One of our troubles here is that people are inclined to bring dogs in appallingly bad condition, and they're ashamed to actually hand them to us. So what they do is they leave them running around. And um, we may not know they're there till we hear our dogs barking. If I go out, I can maybe catch one. We got one dog covered in skin trouble and desperately thin with a broken tail. And... Um, we, we treated her for about a week, but she was so bad that we had to have her put down. And there was another one, wasn't there, with distemper that was tied to the gate with a bit of nylon string. Yes, oh, we saved that one, put yes. her in a shed away from the others and, and put her on the garlic and honey yes, method. Yes, that ended up all right. Yes, that was quite happy. But um, when dogs aren't given to us, they could wander off across the fields and get shot or poisoned. I did write a letter to the local paper and I begged people not to do this. But we have had dogs just tied to the gate. Yes, that's not quite so bad, tied to the gate. But when they're loose, of course, they, we may not be able to get them in. Uh, they may, may be probably in a nervous condition. They run off across the field before we can get them in. Yes, I've had a glimpse of one or two and they've never seen them again. No, it's very sad. We often see advertisements in the paper, wanted good country home for dog. And this worries us rather because 
There aren't so many country homes where a dog will be safe. Oh, no, the, the, the country is full of dangers. Uh, Maybe poison in the field. They're liable to be shot if they so much as enter a field where there's a sheep, whether they're wearing it or not, or even ignoring it. Or even on the road, they're not quite, not really safe. They can be run down by the traffic. And all kinds of dangers that may not have existed years ago. That really, the safest place, I think, for a dog is in a, is in a quiet suburb near a large town where there are houses with large gardens or perhaps quiet roads lined with trees. That sort of place. I think a dog is, has a better life there, don't you? Yes, I'm afraid a lot of these dogs who are sent to these good country homes end up shut up in a shed and hardly see the light of day. Oh, that can happen as well, of course. That can happen. The feeding of puppies is very important. I find a very good thing to give them is raw porridge with milk and a little honey. Uh, they're very fond of this. And I give them brown bread and vegetable, gravy. And with the older dogs, I moisten the food with any vegetable water. I never waste any. I either use it for stock, for soup, or um, give it to them to drink. To give tinned food to dogs every day, I think, is a very bad idea. It is inclined to give them skin trouble. It's very useful now and again, and especially mixed with other things, cabbage and carrots and vegetables and things like that. One of the things that surprises me is the lack of interest people have in the dogs. I mean, people will take dogs and stray them out the country, or they'll destroy them in various unpleasant ways. You get that sort of thing in a rural area. It's all rather haphazard. They've got their, they're too busy doing their farms and that to think about the welfare of the dogs and so on. You've got to be near a large town before people are really interested in animals for their own sake. But it's upsetting when a sack comes in and it's squirming about and it's all soaking wet and it's full of large puppies that they've tried to drown and not succeeded. Uh, oh, yes, very unpleasant. Yes, dreadful. And that poor dog that had been run down and not properly killed that we had to put down with Nembutel. Oh, dear, I'd forgotten that. Very unpleasant, I should say. Occasionally a dog will come in with the symptoms of distemper. And then I'll put it separately away from the dogs in an outhouse. I make a warm bed, usually a cardboard box with a bit of straw in it and a, and a woolly. Or sometimes I put a small woolly, I sew it round it to keep it warm. And um, I don't give that dog any food for a few days. I fast it. And I put boiled drinking water. And I give it garlic and honey about four times a day. Garlic chopped up small with a tablespoon of honey. And it's, it's quite amazing. In about four days, the symptoms are gone. And it never gets any complications. Like a dog that gets distemper could get chorea, get this jerking thing, or um, have fits, or become worse and worse. Well, with this, they just get better. The whole thing is to keep them warm and fast them and give them the garlic and honey. We've never lost a dog that way. And we've told a lot of friends who've had dogs with distemper, and we've saved them as well. It's the only cure that works, isn't it? All the other cures, they don't work. They're expensive treatment and the dog dies. Yes, well, when we, we first started, we used to go to the vet and we had a lot of injections. We yes. lost several dogs. Yes, we did. But the herbal one seems absolutely foolproof. Yes, yes that's the answer. Some dogs get skin trouble around their eyes and they go bald round each eye. And um, we've discovered that zinc and castor oil is the answer to this. 
um, you just you just rub it on well into the fur, round the edge, and uh, the hair will all grow again. It's very simple, and uh, well, it always works. And it's and it's harmless to the eyes. It can't damage the eyes. Well, if a little gets in the eye, it doesn't do any harm at all. Honey is one of the most valuable things that you can have. It's got so many uses. Um, it can be put on a cut, or it can be used for shock if a dog has been in a fight, which thank goodness doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's yeah. in a state of collapse. Yes. Uh, you give honey, and the dog... Actually, it's good for people, too. Oh, yes. Any sort of heart trouble. And burns. You, mm. you get, Do you remember that old lady that we, we, we um, heard of recently? She was 104, and when she was asked the secret of her great age, she said, I have a pound of honey every week. Yes, I So good for that. the heart. Yes, yes. Oh, it's a miracle food, honey. And another thing, if you get a burn on your hand even, and you put honey on it, it'll take all the pain and cure it very quickly. Yes, yes. I think honey should be used uh, in these terrible burn cases, more it is. I'd like to know whether they've ever tried it out. I don't suppose they ever have. One day we found a small dog in the yard in an appalling condition. Obviously there'd been some dreadful accident or it had been attacked somewhere and the people didn't know what to do and they threw it over the gate. And it had the most dreadful wound in the throat. So I got the garlic and I boiled it in water and I let it cool and I put the dog in a quiet place and I bathed it and the dog's eyes were turned in and it sort of more or less said, oh, I'm finished, you know. And so I kept on bathing it. And after three or four days, it was practically perfect. And in fact, after about a week, there wasn't even a scar. It had healed perfectly. I found a very interesting thing about lemons and lemon skins in a book written by a Jewish lady, a herbal book. And she said to keep lemon skins in water and old lemons that have gone a bit off and let them rot. You let them get really rotten. And then any animal that's got scabs or scars or anything that you want to clear up, you just bathe it with this. And it's the most wonderful healing thing. Mm. I met a lady who worked in a hospital for animals in um, the book hospital for horses near Cairo in North Africa. And she told me that they grew lemon trees in the compound so that they could do this, rotting the lemons down for sores on the horses because they couldn't afford all the medicines and things, and that they found this a wonderful way of healing. Jaundice is one of the most difficult things to cure, and the animal gets very sick indeed and usually dies within a day and a half. But I have saved two dogs with it by getting dandelion roots and boiling them cleaning them first of course and boiling them and giving them the juice and when a dog's sick like this I think it ought to be put in a dark place warm and quiet in a box I give this dandelion juice liquid about five times a day and of course jaundice is one of the things that you mustn't use honey for you can use it for nearly everything else quite a few people have the idea that these dogs go around biting each other all the time or biting the people that look after them. Uh, of course, this isn't the case at all. And uh, it may be a matter of interest that in the whole 20 years that I've been associated with the dog shelter, I've only been bitten six times, huh? mainly by, by mad dogs, three times by uh, mad dogs, once uh, by a dog that had come in just a few minutes before and hadn't got settled in properly and I didn't allow for that. And uh, 
I've forgotten the details of the others, mostly accidentally when a fight was going on and I was trying to separate the fight. And, uh, but even when savage dogs are brought in that are said to be biting people and savage, we usually find that they just haven't been very well treated. Yes. And that if you're kind to them, that they're quite gentle. Oh, yes. No, no, no idea about biting you. No. Of course, my greatest ambition is to get into Wicklow. I'd give anything to get a place in Wicklow. Yeah. You know, a sort of crumbling mansion or a, a yard. With stables. With stables. Well, yes, and maybe an outhouse or something. Something that could be, even if it's in bad repair, that we could fix up. Oh, yes. It'd be yes. wonderful. Yes. And they do need they do need somewhere for stray dogs in Wicklow. I read quite a lot about oh, them yes. having trouble. I've seen articles in the paper. Yes. We'd have to get something pretty dilapidated because we couldn't afford to buy anything at the prices that are going now. No, and they keep going up, don't they, all yes. the time? Of course, we'd have the money from selling this place. Yes, that would be a big yes. help. It wouldn't, might not be enough. Yes, but somebody might have an un, unused farmyard, you know, where a, the land had been sold to make the next farm bigger or something like that. Oh, they must be there, if only we could find them. Yes, but not having the van is an awful Oh, terrible drawback. disadvantage, terrible. We can't even afford to have the telephone anymore. My favourite dog... Is a small red bitch called, we call her Bridget. And uh, she has many funny little ways. And, and one of her uh, tricks is whenever I give any orders to the other dogs, she supplements it by glaring at them and barking as if she was repeating my commands. Of course, they're very amusing. You know, we don't have television and we don't need one. Because we get so entertained by the dogs. That's true, yes. Because they, they're all different, aren't they? They've all got their own personalities. And the better you know them, the more their personalities develop individually. Well, I often think that mongrel dogs have got more personality than well-bred dogs. Oh, I think so, yes. I because think uh, once... I don't know, I've got a sort of feeling that once you've seen a, a golden cocker, that all golden cockers are a sort of golden cockery, if you oh, know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. You've but seen one, you've seen all. But yes. some of the crossbred ones are very amusing. Oh, they're much more individual, I think. Do you remember Jumble? Jumble, oh, yes. He went to that home. Yes, that was one of the best homes we've got from here. He went to Carlo. Yes. And uh, uh, he uh, was an instant success. First of all, he got in the car and seized the wheel, ready to drive off. Yes. And then the, uh, the head of the family came along and took over the wheel. So he jumped onto the back seat between the two boys. Yes, and started licking them and everything. Yeah, and he shook hands with both of them. Yes. And then they rode off in triumph. Yes, and he was a giant shaggy oh, dog. Oh, giant. We could hardly afford to yes. feed him. So mm. it, was a, it was a happy ending to that story altogether, yes. wasn't it? It is so hard to get homes, though. If only we could get more. Well, we, we want to be nearer to Dublin. That's another yes. reason we want to be nearer to Dublin, isn't it? We've got lots of nice young dogs at the moment. Give anything yes. to get oh, them yes. well We've got placed. about 15 puppies mm. near enough, mm. haven't we? Mm. That we need homes for. You see, if we get near the sea from a health point of view is another thing. We're near the film studios, we're near the large centres of population, and we're also filling just as much need in Wicklow as we are here, because we read all the time, don't we, in the paper about that. One of the reasons I'd like to be near the sea is because of the seaweed, for the dogs. 
Yes. When I was in Ackle, like I that. never saw dogs with such beautiful coats. And they were yes. all down on the shore eating the seaweed. Oh, yes, nothing like seaweed mm. for health. Yes. And, of course, uh, we can get some fish for ourselves now and again. <laughs> Come in handy, wouldn't it? We were asked if we could supply dogs for a film called A Spy with a Cold Nose. Lawrence Harvey was starring in it. And uh, they asked us how many dogs we could provide that would run together. And um, I counted up and I reckoned about 60. So they said that was wonderful to bring them to Shepperton Studios. So they were supposed to be the dogs of Moscow and they had to chase the British bulldog who was supposed to be a spy in the embassy. Uh, we had a wonderful time. We worked there for three nights. We, we worked all night under floodlights and things. And uh, they gave us a hundred pounds a night. We were told afterwards that we hadn't been given half enough for 60 free-range dogs because they couldn't have been got anywhere else in England. But we thought it was very good money and it helped with the dogs, food and things. Do you remember the time we did the, the dog food commercial at Box Hill in Surrey? That oh, lovely yes. place. Oh, yes. It was a chalk, sort of chalk cliffs. And the dogs ran up along the top, but they were silhouetted, you remember? Yes. And uh, we had them all in the van. And we had to go about 100 yards away and call them. And they all came yes. charging down. Oh, that's right. They opened the door <laughs> of the van. They all charged out. And then they said to us, oh, well, leave the dogs working and go along to the canteen and have something yes. to eat. Yes. So we were delighted. Oh, rather... I remember the canteen too. It was a great big long thing with marvellous food. It was right up through the woods. Yes, it was some three or four hundred yards away in the woods. And we had French cheese and all kinds of stuff. And then we, Wally joined us. The yes, he was the only one. Dog. All the other dogs Stayed. simply went on playing the game and yes. didn't even notice that we'd gone. And we were just tacking into this wonderful food. They always have marvellous food on these location trips. Yes, when you the know, fellow arrived. Said and he, say, he, the he, spotty dog won't work for us. Yes, and he was the leader. annoying, and I, had to, I couldn't eat anymore. It was most unfortunate. And we had to go back, yes. and they said he won't do anything. So um, I went back to the place I'd been standing, and they put him back in the van, and I beckoned, and he came charging down with all the rest behind him. And they said, but he wouldn't work for us. And I said, well, he's deaf. I should have told you. He only works to hand signal. Sing <laughs> oh, God, I couldn't say signals. Of course, we used to make a lot of useful money, you know, on those commercials, didn't we? Let alone the big films. We were on two or three big films, do you remember? Yes, Battle of Britain. Yes. There were 200 extras on that, and we had six dogs and a cat, dear Ginger Pud, in the parrot cage, do you remember? In parrot cage, yes. And somebody was pushing him along on a wheelbarrow. Yes, we were supposed to be Belgian refugees. Going through the forest. It was at yes. the back of Blackbush Airport. Yeah. And we had a hurricane bomber overhead doing victory rolls. It was all very exciting. Yes. And then, of course, there was a canteen. Very satisfactory. It wasn't as good as the other one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was very funny. Two young itinerants had brought me a dog a couple of days before this. And uh, they'd been very upset because they'd been camping by the road. and uh, oh. They were very young. And uh, they'd been thrown away, thrown out. And they'd had to move on. And they brought me the dog. And I said, well, don't worry. I'll keep the dog indefinitely and I won't charge you anything. Mm. And you can have it back. So anyway, when this film came, I took the dog as one of the dogs. Oh, I remember. And uh, there was a very raggy young man 
as one of the refugees. Yes. And he liked dogs, so I said, would you like to lead this dog? Mm. And he said, yes, he would. So the dog took a great fancy to him. Oh, yes. And uh, they became great yes, friends. They were sorry to part at the and end the of the And the dog thought that he was going to be his dog. Yeah, it's such a well, shame. Yes. But it all ended happily because a few weeks later, somebody gave a gate lodge uh, free of rent to the two young itinerants. Oh. And uh, they rushed back for their dog and the boy tried to give me some money. It was so sweet. Uh, yeah. Of course, I wouldn't take it. All but it all ended, ended happily. Yes. Mm. And uh, what about Shepperton? That was a very exciting adventure. When we went down to the night work, what film was that? Spy with a Cold Nose, wasn't yes, it? Yes, we had 60 dogs. Yes, we went down in a transporter. Yes, with they, all the dogs. They said they were the only free-range dogs they could get in the whole of England. Yes. Who'd, yes. who'd run together. Who'd all run together without fighting. And they did it. None yes. of them fought. They all and they were supposed to be the dogs well. of Moscow. Yes. Chasing the British bulldog. Yes, very extraordinary thing. It's very funny. We had two um, agents. We had one called Zurama and another one called Animal Action. And they used to ring us up and give us odd bits of work. And, of course, the work was marvellous because it paid for dog food. Oh, we got quite a lot of money from that Shepperton business. We I think were we got two a, nights I think or we got three a, nights. Three nights at £100 a night. Yes, that it was, was grand. very good. And we got and all that wonderful food. Oh, we got fed every three hours, every three hours, back to the canteen for another stoke up. Yes. <laughs> the only dog that wouldn't run, if you remember, was uh, that little funny little white thing, Troggy Baby. Uh, he went and hid in the straw. He, he ran back to the transporter as fast as he could, hid in the straw, yes. and he never ran. And when the dogs were running in a great stream, the greyhound was always in front. Yes. Big and boy. You, and your favourite, Popeye, yes. was at the back. And he was a, he was actually a, an Irish greyhound. Oh, was he? And uh, he'd been at the Doncaster track. Oh, yes. And um, he'd been sold in Doncaster Market. The laboratory dealer had him. And somebody rescued him from him and gave him to us. Oh, yes. And uh, mm. he was the sort of leader of all yes, the running dogs. He was dogs. a very good-looking, cream-coloured greyhound. Yes. And little Popeye at the end of the great trail of dogs. Do you remember there, were, there was another occasion when we did something for a dog food commercial? That was in Surrey, wasn't it? You remember an old sort of... We, we had the transporter in a field. Oh, I think that was part of the Box Hill one. We, we, we stayed on location for two or three nights. Oh, did we? Yes. Oh, yes, and the and horses came round the transporter. I slept in my sleeping bag under the transporter yes. with little Popeye, and a whole lot of horses came and over Sornop, in the night. And Sornoff. Yes, and Sornoff. And the horses came over in the night yes. to see what was going on. Yes. And the two little dogs chased them all over the field, and they were tiny, you know, the little yes. dogs. Yes, Of course, Sornoff was terribly brave and awfully dim. He was one of my favourites. Yes, he was a little black dog loyal. with short legs and a big bushy he tail. He didn't look much, but he was very brave and loyal. And I was making a big bonfire, and I was the other side of it, and he came out, and he, he looked, and he thought, my goodness, she's in the middle of the fire, and he charged straight into the middle to be with me. We were both going to be burnt to death. <laughs> and I had to pull him out of it. Huh. It's just sheer loyalty. Yes. And there was another occasion, you know, when a German film company had an extraordinary... Uh, mocha, or whatever they call it, running round a field, do you remember? Mini-moak. Mini-moak, yes. I don't know what it was all about. I think it was another dog food commercial, was it? And uh, we remember we hadn't got a Dachshund, so we borrowed one. And uh, it was a lovely little dog, do you remember? Yes. And it was so sporty. 
and it wasn't allowed to take part in one of these runs round the field. It got most indignant. Screaming, tied onto the fence. Yes, it wanted to join in. And at the end of the day, we felt we lost an old friend when we had to take this Jackson back to the lady that lent it to us. It was a wonderful little dog. Yes. And then Oliver, didn't you went to um, oh, you yes. took a patch? Yes. They wanted a, a, a rather tassy old dog, yes. so we chose our oldest dog. Yes. And you took him to the East End That's and right. did some scenes for Oliver. Yes. Of course, another thing I remember well was the. Do you remember when in London, um, somebody rang up and said that their Alsatian had killed a sheep? And oh. It was sort of panic stations. Oh yeah. And uh, the police said the dog was to be shot or put down and would I take it? Oh, and this yes. was late at night. Oh. So I said, all right, bring it round. Yes. So um, they they rushed it up from the country and it arrived in the sort of early hours of the morning. Oh. And I rang up Biggin Hill, the Metropolitan Police training place, where oh, I knew yes. the chief man. Oh, and yes. I said, I've got a magnificent Alsatian. It's still got blood on it from killing sheep. Does that matter? <laughs> and he said, not at all. <laughs> it could still make a very good police dog. Yes, of course. Yes. So... He said, I'll be round first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah. So early in the morning, we were all out on the pavement. Yeah. The Black Maria arrived, and there were three or four policemen in it. Yeah. All dog handlers. Yeah. And um, he was admiring the dog. And a little old Irish char lady, who I knew, came along. And she looked in horror at the group of us yeah. standing on the pavement, me and the policeman and the Black Maria and yeah. the dog on a string. Yeah. And she said, I knew you'd go too far one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how some people don't know the difference between a dog shelter and a dog's home. Yes. Because well, in a dog's home, dogs are kept for a statutory seven days. And in a dog shelter, with people like us, I mean, the dog could be kept indefinitely. Yes, well, that's why we chose the title, of course. That's why we called it Dog Shelter from the very beginning, to distinguish it from a dog's home where they all get killed in seven days. One of the things that I found very disappointing here is the number of homes we've been able to get. Yes. In England. We're so near London. Such a lot of people came out. Oh, yes. We had a population of 10 million on our doorstep, almost. Made a difference. Oh, it did. Here, yeah, there's a very, very thin population here. Carlo is the nearest large town. So we're lucky to, we're lucky to place one a month, wouldn't you say, roughly? Yes. Well, we've always had this sort of rule that dogs go out on lifelong loan and that they must be returned to us if there's any reason that they can't keep them. They mustn't be put down or given away or sold or anything like that. They've no. always got to come back. Yes. We got one very good home in Carlo. Do you remember? Uh, the man came out with his two boys and they wanted a large dog and we had this jumble who'd always been rather a liability. He was a great big bounding thing, more like a bear than a dog. Yes. And um, so we brought Jumble out and he jumped yes. into the car and he shook hands. Oh, he started to boys. take over the wheel. Oh, yes, first of all, he sat at the And the wheel. man said, no, no, I'm driving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then he got in the back and he sort yes. of shook hands sat with the two boys. Sat between the boys, shaking hands. Them. They yes. drove off with great delight. That was a very happy ending. Yes. How many dogs would you say we placed on average in England? About four a week, I should say. But I remember one weekend when we placed eight. 
Oh, All yes. in marvellous homes that oh, we yes. We went round and delivered yes. them in the van, I remember that. Yes, and the lady checked all the homes first. We yes. like to know where they're going, yes. make sure they're all right. Yes. At that time, we had a lot of people who came and tried to get dogs for laboratories and for vivisection. Ah. And we had to be very careful that they were genuine homes. Yes. But that stopped over in England now. There's yes. no more bother about it. I had a marvellous way of dealing with them. <laughs> I always used to <coughs> look very sweet at them and say, <coughs> you don't mind my asking all these questions, but uh, there's some frightful blackguards going around uh, selling the dogs to laboratories, and of course I have to make sure that you're not one of them, which <laughs> they would look very dubious and shuffle off muttering darkly. <laughs> That's when they were dealers, you know. Yes, but in England now they're <coughs> breeding their own dogs. Yes, laboratories, so yes. that people's pets are safe over there now. Yes, it's a very good I thing. wish it was the same here. I suppose it will be eventually. I suppose so. Of course, it was much easier in England to manage with money. Oh, financially, oh yes it was. Well, of course, we had the money from the films and, the, and so forth, the commercial the jobs. And then quite a lot of the people who came gave donations. They were yes. very generous. Yes. Got a lot of animal lovers. Yes. And people. Yes, supporters who sent money by post. But it's very difficult here to manage. And people, when they come with a dog, I say, could you give me a pound towards the first week's keep? And then they start patting all their pockets and say, oh, I haven't brought anything with me. I, uh, I'll bring it back. Yes, yeah, send it later. Uh, yes. But they never do. Never. <laughs> and then another thing I say, uh, are you in farming? And they say, yes. And I said, well, could you possibly leave me a bale of straw? Oh, I'll leave you two bales, three bales, they uh, say. Uh, but I never see the straw. Ah, uh, uh, mind you, there have been uh, four or five or six very kind, generous people living not far away. Oh yes, we have, we have been given things. straw and vegetables. Oh yes, we we we've had some great gifts from from uh, some of the people. Oh <coughs> yeah, we had a marvelous sack of potatoes. Do you remember? And uh, they brought us some overcoats, which were rather heavy on overcoats. Oh, yes, all the dogs jumping up, you know, they, they reefed them, absolutely. Yes, and another man brought some straw and... Uh, and Wellington boots, they were grand. Yes. But straw is the one thing that we need all the time. And another man brought us a big load of stuff thrown out from a supermarket. Do you remember? Cat, uh, cat food, I think it was. Or dog food in tins. That was very, very useful. Yes. Enormous number of kids. We've still got a few of them, uh, and some dog food in packets. That was a very nice gift. I think he brought them down from Dublin, didn't he? Yes, I think so. Yes, man living in tallow. That was very good, very helpful. Come on, dogs! Come on! Come on, dogs! Come on, dogs! It's grand that we've got this sheep in, isn't it, Hector? Oh, yes. Course, we should um, be able to save something on the maze for that, by that. Anyway, they much prefer it. Oh, yes. You know, they can hardly wait. Here I am getting it ready, and they're, they're all sort of piling in. Yes. Oh, they'll demolish that in no time at all. Even the puppies are at it. <laughs> the growling away. Yeah, you're going to cut one or two legs off later on. 
Oh, well, I've got to skin it, of course. Oh. But that's the part I don't like. I've got to do it because it's so wonderful getting all the free meat. Yes. Why do you have to skin it then? I don't see that that's necessary. Oh, well, it is. Couldn't you just open it up? You're not supposed to say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm making it so difficult for him, and I was going to try so hard today. Well, uh, have you been down to the old cottage today? Yes. Ah. Have we got to put a new bulb in there? Yes, I've done that. Oh, good. Uh, I put all these electrics in myself, you know, in the outbuildings. It's a good job I'm the do-it-yourself thing, isn't it? And that would have cost the earth if we had to have a man in to do it, wouldn't it? And, uh, oh, it was three or four years ago. I was younger then and more energetic. And no one's been electrocuted yet, so it's Not only yet. quite healthy. Yeah. It's never gone wrong. It's, it's never gone wrong in spite of all the damp and the rain and the snow and the shot. to talk about is we're so handicapped by not having any transport, aren't we? That's one of the worst things. See, when we first came, we had this van, you see. Well, we collect meat and collect dogs and collect, collect everything. Yeah, collect everything, you see. We could go to Tullow to get some food and that sort of thing, you see, or even Carlo if necessary. Sometimes we went to Carlo. Well, when the, the uh, price of petrol shot up, just about that time, funny enough, the petrol pipe fell to pieces out of the van. It wasn't a very serious thing, but it put it out of action, of course. Then the, the petrol price went up, and then something else happened, the price of insurance or something went up. And altogether, at that time, we got such a financial shock over the whole thing that we decided not to run the van anymore for the time being. And that was about three years ago. And we've never run it since. Well, of course, it makes things very difficult, you see. We're relying on deliveries for everything. Fortunately, we have very good delivery from the village of uh, groceries and uh, plate maids and things like that. This big sheepdog's called Mossy. She's lovely. Yes. And she's got a boyfriend called, called um, Darling. And they, they sleep together on a, on a chest of drawers in the back hall. And every time you pass through, they put out a paw, say, how do you do? So they're known as the how do you do this. <laughs> I think I'll put it. No, no, come on. argue against each other. They growl. Sometimes they fight. But they don't fight very seriously, you know, but uh, it's rather annoying. There seems to be an awful lot of puppies at the moment. How many do you suppose we've got? Well, it's a bit difficult. Um, we've had such a lot brought in lately. Yeah. I mean, they're not our puppies. No, no, they keep bringing them in. Um, there are the three woolly ones, I call the three bears. Yeah. And then there are the six that the man said were setters. Oh, yeah. And there are... Oh dear, it's difficult, That's isn't nine it? nine altogether. The three lassies. That's uh, twelve. Um, panda. Thirteen. Uh, the coloured puppy. Fourteen. Oh, and those, the, um, 
Three the van puppies. Three van puppies, that's uh, 17. Yes, about 17. 17, that's a terrible lot of puppies. You've got to remember they'd all become dogs before very long. They'd have to be fed unless somebody comes to give them a home. Well, I'm very careful that none of our bitches have puppies because, you know, I always put them away in the old cottage when they come on heat. Oh, I know. But these ones, I mean, they're brought in and they're brought in when they're sort of half-grown. Yes. I can't bear to put them down when they're as old as that and they're so nice. No, they should bring them in sooner. I mean, I don't mind putting down brand new puppies. I mean, no. I've offered to do that, but they don't do it. No. I can do that humanely. Yes. Keep down their numbers. But I think we put an advertisement in the paper once, but it didn't do much good. Asking them to bring them in sooner, yes. didn't we? Yes. Well, we really do need homes. But I only let them go if I really like the people and sure they are good homes. And yeah. they get them on lifelong loan. They've got to come back again to us if they no longer want them. Yeah. I get them to sign a paper about that. Yeah. I feel the move back to Ireland was a mistake in many ways. While we've had great help and kindness from individual people here, I feel we won't be able to afford to go on much longer. What do you think? Oh, I don't suppose we shall, no. We don't get in anything in these days much, do we? And uh, the cost of food, of course, keeps going up. But we'll be a great loss to the country because, as several farmers have remarked, it's great to have a place where dogs can be taken to to stop them wandering around killing sheep. Oh, yes, they'll certainly miss us if, we, if, if we're gone. There'll be nowhere to dump the old sheep and... Uh, We've had to make a lot of sacrifices to keep this shelter going. We've never turned anything away. No, no, we've never turned anything away since we've been here. People say that unwanted dogs should be put down. Though simply because they're not wanted. Well, I don't agree with that. I think they've got a right to their life. Uh, 